So what is today's topic? Today we are going to talk about astronomy itself and the reasons behind learning it. Cool. What are we going to start with? Let's start with some pretty basic questions. So what exactly is astronomy? That's actually a very good question. Astronomy is the study of celestial objects that can be seen with unaided eyes and can't be seen with unaided eyes. It includes many celestial objects like the sun, the moon, galaxies, stars, planets, etc. So astronomy is a very big guy with many unsolved secrets. Wow, sounds interesting. Well, why should we learn astronomy? Why do we have to care about the world outside of Earth's atmosphere? Well, People from different cultures in ancient times worshipped celestial objects as their gods. Now also there are many people practicing it. Celestial objects are used for calendar purposes such as knowing the time, seasons and many more. As time passed, people got interested in knowing about the world past Earth's atmosphere. We would not have been watching TV, we would not know the dates, etc. And etc. You will be clueless every minute without astronomy. Today, many technological inventions have the ideology of solar systems and other celestial objects. Another point is that Earth may run out of resources anytime. So we should be prepared for such situations, right? In this case, astronomy is the only way to find life on other planets. Oh, I get it now. Speaking of that, maybe there's another reason why we should learn astronomy. For me, I think that astronomy can help when thinking about big world theories, like alien life and so much more. When you really think about it, we don't know much about things outside of our galaxy. There are also so many theories that we might have about life in general. Like what if we're actually puppets in a puppet show? Or what if this is just a trial life and once we die we go to our real life? So many different theories. Astronomy helps bring us down to Earth and learn about what we already know so that we can continue exploring reality. There's so much there is to know and astronomy is one of them. Astronomy is a very diverse topic. It's one of those things where we can look to our imagination to see the universe beyond Earth's atmosphere. Just the simple fact that our solar system is a part of the Milky Way galaxy and there are many many galaxies in our universe never fails to amaze me who knows what's out there that is why astronomy is so important because astronomy can help us understand the universe and in the end it helps us understand ourselves that's an interesting point too it is super cool to see the same thing in different ways right yes it's very cool did you know that astronomy is called the oldest of the sciences? The nickname is because since ancient times, humans have tried to decipher complex motions of celestial objects, which was proven by ancient monuments and artifacts, like you were saying before. The birthplace of astronomy was in the Middle East by Babylonians before 2500 BCE. That's a really long time ago. The Babylonians were the ones who introduced the concept of a 24-hour day and 60 minutes per hour, and even 60 seconds per minute. 
However, the Babylonians were mostly concerned about astrology. As the Babylonian astronomy spread throughout the world at 500 BCE, it reached the ears of ancient Greece. The ancient Greeks wanted to find how the universe worked, rather than omens. So as you can see, the ancient Greeks were looking for science, while the Babylonians were looking for superstitions. Even in Renaissance Europe, ancient Greeks were regarded as the science experts. That is why I like the history and mythology of ancient Greece. Anyway, a Greek astronomer named Eudoxus of the 4th century BCE created a crystal diagram of the principles of perfect circular motion and an earth-centered or geocentric universe, though this was perfected by Greeks later on to become the perfect diagram it was. Another Greek astronomer named Hipparchus in the 2nd century BCE measured the positions of stars and classified the stars into six categories of brightness, therefore creating the present magnitude scale. A third Greek astronomer named Ptolemy, who was also living in the 2nd century BCE, presented a summary of the knowledge of Greek astronomy in a work known as Almagest, meaning greatest. This summary included an updated version of Hipparchus's catalog, expanded from 850 stars to over 1,000 and arranged into 48 constellations, which was the foundation of our present-day constellation system. Ptolemy also gave a new model for the motions of celestial objects. Yes, and then after the fall of the ancient Greek and ancient Roman civilizations, the astronomy center of the world moved east to Baghdad where Ptolemy's work was translated into Arabic. There, an Arab astronomer named Al-Sufi published a revised star catalog book based on Ptolemy's star catalog and that book became one of the most popular Arabian books about astronomy shortly before 1000 BCE. That's right! A Polish astronomer named Nicholas Copernicus, in the 16th century CE, was the one who awakened European astronomy when he revived the sun-centered, or heliocentric, theory proposed by a Greek philosopher named Aristarchus, who lived in the 3rd century BCE. Then after Nicholas's death, a Danish nobleman named Tycho Brahe realized the need for new and improved observations, so he built two observatories in between 1576 and 1586 to catalog detailed observations of the motions of the planets. It was this Danish nobleman who took his work to a German mathematician named Johannes Kepler, who realized that Nicolaus was correct and that the center of the solar system was the sun, with all the other planets orbiting the sun, though I believe they did not come up with the name solar system at the time. Johannes Kepler did find some new observations, though. Nicolaus Copernicus believed that the planets went in complex combinations of circles and epicircles around the sun, but Kepler found that instead, the planetary orbits are elliptical, and they orbit a perfect circle around the sun, with the same distance in between throughout. Kepler's discovery completely vanquished the idea of a geocentric solar system. Yeah, cool right? It was during that time when many important discoveries were made elsewhere by an Italian named Galileo Galilei. 
It was this man who discovered that the universe was much larger than they originally thought and he found many other things too, including the fact that the moon's surface had craters and mountains when they originally thought that it was a smooth polished sphere and he found that Jupiter was actually being orbited by four moons. He also discovered that Venus shows face proof that it orbits the sun and he even glimpsed the Saturn's rings though he did not know what they were. Inspired by the invention of a telescope by a Dutch eyeglass maker named Hans Lippershey in 1608, Galileo created his own telescope through which he made all his important discoveries in the summer of 1609. Galileo's discoveries also helped create modern physics, though we are not going to be talking about that right now. After Galileo declared that the Earth orbited the Sun, he was placed under house arrest for the remainder of his life by the Roman Catholic Church. That's right. Then there's the discovery of gravity. Galileo Galilei hinted at it when he did experiments by dropping objects and seeing if they all hit the ground at the same time, which they did. He also calculated the velocity of a falling object, and he discovered what would later be known as acceleration due to gravity when the velocity of a falling object doubled for every 32 feet. Later on, around half a century later, a British scientist named Isaac Newton started thinking about the concept of gravity when he saw an apple fall from a tree in his garden. He realized that this force could also be the force keeping the moon in orbit around the Earth. Newton later published a book called Principia Mathematica, where according to Newton, an object's gravitational attraction depends on its mass and the strength of the attraction. For the first time, this law explained why planets orbit the sun and why the moon raised tides in the Earth's oceans. It would also explain the motions of artificial satellites and space probes, though that will happen later in time. Newton's theory of gravity also helped make some other important discoveries, like the fact that comets move around the sun on highly elliptical orbits, as discovered by a British astronomer named Edmund Holy when he predicted the next time a comet would be seen, and it came that year. The comet would later be known as Holy's Comet, because though it did come at the right time, it came 16 years after Holy's death. After some time, during the late 18th century and after, astronomers and physicists made some vital discoveries and advances in technology and techniques. So far in history, stars were regarded as small dots of light in the night sky. But as the light-gathering power of astronomical tools improved, astronomers were able to make discoveries about the stars. Many people helped the process of splitting light and making the spectroscope, including Isaac Newton in the late 17th century, a British chemist named William Hyde Wollaston, Joseph von Fraunhofer, who was a German scientist in 1821, Robert Bunsen and Gustav Kirchhoff, both of whom were also Germans in 1859. Meanwhile, in 1838, a very important discovery of using parallax to measure the distance to a star was uncovered by a German astronomer named Friedrich Bessel. It was also during this time in the 19th century when photos and photography were invented. Now that astronomers have new tools of spectroscopy and photography, astronomers started their big journey of cataloging the sky. 
At first, the multitude of different absorption lines in the stellar spectra and a variety of color and luminosities appeared messy and chaotic, but there were many people who were working hard to sort through these, including a group of women astronomers working at Howard College Observatory in the United States of America in the 1890s, who were the ones who eventually discovered a scheme that made sense. Elsewhere, other astronomers were busy compiling parallax measurements for all the nearby stars. In the year 1906 and 1913, Echnard Hertzsprung and Henry Norris Russell were the ones who hit upon the idea of comparing the two sets of data on a graph. In 1905, Echnard Hertzsprung, a Danish astronomer, became the first to suggest a standard of brightness for stars called absolute magnitude. A year later, he published a paper in which he compared the absolute magnitudes of stars in the Pleiades with the colors and spectral types, plotting them on a graph and noting the relationship between the two, as well as the existence of bright giants and dim dwarfs. However, Hertzsprung published his work in an obscure urban photographic journal and it went unnoticed until 1913 when Henry Norris Russell, an American, presented his own work independently developed to the Royal Astronomical Society. History is such a great topic, especially astronomy's history. There is a lot more history of astronomy in the 20th and 21st centuries, but we'll be talking about that during one of our future episodes. Reminder to follow and share our podcast, and stay tuned for our next episode. Goodbye!